He got into trouble right along with him. And our study today focuses on one of those times when Paul and the brethren with him got into trouble. It happened one day as they were on their way to a place of prayer. A young girl who uh, had been following Paul and Silas professed loudly. We find her proclamation in Acts chapter 16, verse 17. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. <clears throat> It's not hard to imagine that this incident caused a lot of disruption in the city. This young unnamed girl didn't do this just once. She did it for many days. Until the Apostle Paul became annoyed and commanded the evil spirit to come that troubled her to come out of her. And the spirit did come out that very hour. The problem with this is that the girl's masters had lost a very lucrative source of income. So they dragged Paul and Silas to the police force, if you will, of the city and charged them with troubling the city. It's kind of funny to think of gospel preachers as troublemakers. The people who heard the accusations demanded punishment. Paul and Silas were then beaten and thrown into prison. <clears throat> they instructed the jailer to keep them securely. Acts 16, verse 23. <laughs> 
I'm confident that I would be very depressed if I were in this situation. I Discouragement would surely be set in end. I can imagine that it was so for Paul and Silas. Perhaps this is why Paul and Silas prayed and sang because they wanted to keep preaching. And they knew that the prisoners would hear them in the jail. Acts 16.25 tells us that the prisoners were listening to them. I want to stop right here. I know that our purpose is to teach about conversion. And there is a great conversion that occurs in this story. But there's lesson here that is too great to ignore or just pass over. In the world that we live in today, there are great many things that serve to discourage us. There are difficulties on every hand. I think for the most part, we don't have to worry about beatings and imprisonment. Though I know some in other parts of the world do, we don't for most of for the most part. But the battle still gets rough. And the problems still weigh heavy. We can learn from Paul and Silas that this is the time that we need to pray and sing. Pray and sing because we've been privileged to endure that particular trouble. James chapter 1 verse 12 tells us Blessed is the man who endures temptation 
For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. In Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven through ten, the apostle Paul tells us. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard pressed on every side, not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. We should pray and sing because God is on the throne. Do you remember when Stephen was being stoned to death? At the end, Jesus rose from his seat at the right hand of the Father and brought him or welcomed him home. We should pray and sing because of what Jesus said in the Great Commission. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 28.20 Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. 
the prophet in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. Pray and sing because others are watching. We should never allow ourselves to dwell in the pits of loneliness too long. Remember that the world is watching. And the world is listening. You are all the gospel some people will ever hear. Your words and your actions are all the gospel some people will ever know. We should always pray and sing. But we shouldn't expect an earthquake either. Remember that God is interested in every individual. The earthquake that day or night was given for a very specific reason. God is interested in even that old cranky jailer and wants to save him. And you are the chosen vessel to preach glad tidings of great joy. The jailer wasn't bothered by the singing. No doubt he had slept through many a drunken man's songs. 
and probably considered this just another night. But the earthquake got his attention. I often wonder what it'll take to get men's attention today. Earthquakes and other acts of God don't seem to do the trick today. But the shaking earth and, and moving walls made this man jump to his feet to see if his jail had crumbled around him. He needed to see if any of his prisoners were hurt or had fled. Somehow he learned that all the gates and doors were open. And this typically would mean that the prisoners had escaped. The man was so distressed he didn't see that all the prisoners were still there. Now, it seems that men speculate about particular points of scripture all the time. So I'm not doing anything unusual with what I'm about to say. I think that maybe, just maybe, the other prisoners knew that Paul and Silas were not drunk. Maybe they knew that Paul and Silas didn't deserve the Canaan that they had just received. Maybe the other prisoners needed to hear or wanted to hear more singing. We know that the jailer was not a prisoner. So he believed that he was at this point condemned and so he was about to commit suicide. But Paul calls out into the night and pleads with him not to hurt himself because they had all remained in the dungeon. 
I don't know if Paul could see the jailer or not. <coughs> Maybe he heard the jailer draw his sword from his scabbard. Here's another great lesson. God's people do not wish harm on, on even other people, even their enemies. This man had thrown Paul and Silas into the dungeon, but Paul bears no ill will. One old preacher said that he thought that this was a great example of how Christians should behave in adversity. He thought maybe the jailer had heard Paul and Silas's message but had not heeded it. But now, after nearly dying, he wants to know. He's now interested in the well-being of his soul. That's not unusual, and that's not really bad. I suppose that at or near death is as good a time as any to get right with God. But the problem is, we don't know when that's going to be. This is why the apostle right into the book to the Hebrews says in Hebrews 3 verse 13. That we should exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The Hebrew writer is exhorting us to not harden ourselves by being deceived. Too often people are hardened by being deceived because they think they have tomorrow or one more day. Today is the day of salvation. 
That old jailer came into the room where he had imprisoned Paul and Silas and begged to know the way of salvation. Proverbs 14, 12 tells us, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end there is the way of death. Proverbs 14.12 I think we're okay. This is the way that the jailer had been on. This is the way or the path that many people are on today. They want to do things their own way. And their way or our way is contrasted to the way of righteousness and holiness. Jesus says in Matthew 7 verse 13 and 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in that by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Today the two ways have been set before us, just as it was with the jailer in that Grecian city of Philippi so many years ago. He wanted to know what to do to be saved. He was not interested in saving his life, but his soul. He addressed the preachers with respect and asked, Sir, 
Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Acts 16, verse 31. And in verse 32, they, that's Paul and Silas, spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. They were then taken and baptized. They rejoiced before they were baptized because salvation was available to them. They rejoiced after they were baptized because salvation was actually theirs. Paul and Silas preached the word of the Lord to his family and to him. They told the jailer about Jesus Christ. About the division between the Jew and the Gentile being removed. And then he and his household were baptized. There's no way around it. Baptism is what saves us. 1 Peter 3 verse 21. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we see that we started with the young girl proclaiming that these men are teaching us the way of life. And we end with this jailer and his family Come into life in Jesus Christ. But there's a key element here. One that is very necessary for us today. Paul and Silas did not give up even in adversity. When they could not preach on the street or in the synagogue, they preached in the jail by praying and singing. You and I as Christians, as leaders in the church, can do the same thing today. 
Let us be strong and courageous, brethren. That's all of my lesson. Thank you.